Hi folks, a shout out this week to Sharon Pask, who did a review of the Take On Board podcast. Thanks, Sharon. She says, gender pay gap episode, very informative session with Emma Ray. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon, for taking the time to do a review. We love to get reviews here. And thanks to Emma for doing that episode. Second announcement for this week. This week we're hearing from Kari Hatch. And listen right through to the end of the episode where she shares resources because not only does she share some resources in the episode itself, but sent me a voice memo afterwards with some additional ones. So there's some gold in there. Radio, on with the show. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Samantha Kinsey about some of the new Australian laws relating to directors' duties. As I said last week, I'll be alternating between COVID and non-COVID topics at the moment. I hope you enjoyed the episode last week about networking and building your brand as a director. This week, we'll focus on some of the changes to Australian laws arising from COVID-19. Having said that, whilst this episode focuses on those changes to Australian law, some of the tips and advice Samantha provides for directors will be useful to you no matter where you are in the world. And if you're outside Australia, and you've also had some changes around directors' duties and obligations, or if you've had an experience you'd like to share on this podcast, let me know. My contact details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Take On Board podcast, where we talk all things boards and governance. I'm your host, Halia Svensson. Being on a board can be interesting, valuable and exciting, yet it can also be really lonely, challenging and hard. So here at Take On Board, we'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you build your governance wisdom. We'll shine a light on how to navigate your way onto your first board or to build your board portfolio. We'll also help you to work through those challenges that keep you awake at night. Each week, I'll talk to women who have been there, done that, and together we'll discover what we need to take on board to be your best in the boardroom. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Samantha Kinsey about some of the new Australian laws relating to directors arising out of the COVID-19 pandemic. First, let me tell you about Samantha. Samantha is a restructuring and insolvency partner in the Melbourne office of King & Wood Mellisons. Samantha acts for diverse stakeholders in relation to distressed situations, including financiers, shareholders, insolvency practitioners and potential acquirers. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Samantha. Thank you. So it's really great to have you here because in the last week or so, I think it was only about a week ago, so new laws were announced in relation to directors and directors' obligations, and in particular in relation to insolvency. So I thought you would be a fabulous person to take us through some of those changes. What are some of the changes? As you know, directors can usually be personally liable if they allow a company to incur a debt while it's insolvent. So the particular problem directors were facing into come the COVID-19 pandemic is that so many companies are now potentially insolvent because what we're finding with so many companies is their revenue has just unexpectedly fallen off a cliff and that's something that directors did not foresee happening. So what Parliament has done to help directors continue to trade is they've granted relief to directors 
for personal liability for insolvent trading in respect of debts incurred in the ordinary course of business and so long as directors are not acting dishonestly when they incur the debts. So what that means is, I think for directors is they now have a bit more time than they might have felt they had otherwise to come up with a plan as to how they're going to respond to this particular challenge to their business before they feel like they have to put the company into administration. So one of the things that directors are grappling with is, well, what does that mean for them? Because all of their other duties, of course, are continuing as usual. Directors still have a duty of care and diligence. They've still got a duty to act in the best interest of the company. So the questions that boards are all now asking themselves is what do those duties require them to do in the current situation? And it's such a great question. So what do we know about what will be different in that environment where they're allowed to trade whilst insolvent to some extent, yet still need to be fulfilling all of their other duties? I think the the real world problem that can't be fixed by a change in director's duty is the fact that companies are having a look at their cash flows and figuring out that they are running out of cash at some point. Mm. And, you know, that is a problem that can't be fixed by having relief from any of their other duties. So what directors are doing is they need to actually come up with a plan for how they can string out the cash flow they've got as long as possible to buy themselves time for this pandemic to be over, cross Mm. fingers, or for their business to be restructured in some other way. Or one of the other options that uh, a lot of companies are looking at is how do I actually put my business into care and maintenance until this is all over? Mm. You know, just like a mine would do if the iron ore price crashes, you know, a miner would go into care and maintenance, wait for the iron ore price to come up again and then start back up after that. I've heard talk recently about this concept of hibernation and hibernation for businesses. Uh, Is that the sort of thing you're referring to when you're thinking about putting organisations into care and maintenance? Exactly, exactly. Cutting back on as many costs as possible with a view to just preserving the resources that companies have Mm. so that you've got something there that you can use to start your business up again Mm. when we all come out of this. And again, I, I understand there might be some, I think there's been some additional announcements since this one around the director's duties and a range of other things that were announced in the same package. But since then, there's been the announcements about the JobKeeper support provided to organisations which might help them uh, maintain that care and maintenance status. Exactly. One of the things that we're speaking to directors about is really on top of getting a handle on your own cash flow, looking very critically at what government assistance is available Mm. and to keep looking because every other day there's another uh, package announced and the scope of potential relief is broader than it was. You know, usually I would say that's a far-fetched hope that the government will bail you out um, if your business is struggling, but that's not the sort of time we're in right now. Mm, Yeah, it certainly is a time like no other in so many ways, whether it's, you know, some of the health impacts or some of the economic impacts, or it seems now the impacts on, on directors. It's extraordinary. When I first heard that this had been announced, um, if there's one thing that is drilled into the heads of directors, do not trade whilst insolvent. 
So having these new laws around it is is pretty amazing and an extraordinary move that, yeah, no one would have predicted, I think, previously. Your comments are interesting because directors still do need to be very careful. So what does your duty to act in the best interest of the company require in this situation? If companies can be avoiding incurring debts or any significant new expenditure, they should absolutely still be thinking about whether they can do that in the usual way. Uh, because the best interests of the company are probably best served by having the smallest number of liabilities possible coming out of this. Mm. And if something can be avoided, unless it's going to enhance the value of the company's assets or the company's business in some net positive way, we are finding most directors are looking at what they can defer until later or not do at all. Because the other thing to bear in mind about the insolvent trading relief is it doesn't apply if directors are acting dishonestly. And, you know, most respectable directors will think, well, I'm not a dishonest person and they would be right about that. But if they are incurring, causing the company to incur liabilities that they think the company or know the company doesn't have the resources to discharge, you know, that may constitute dishonesty and they may still be liable for that. I certainly, I had commented this earlier that I certainly don't envy the judges at the end of this having to unpick some of these and some of the intentions. I mean, it's always hard to do, but maybe even harder in these instances to really unpick the intentions of directors and what was honest and what wasn't honest and what was in the best interests of the company and what wasn't in the best interests of the company and so on. What I'm saying to directors about that is I think the courts will give you a lot of latitude if you're diligently trying to do your best and you've got a plan and you're pursuing that in a diligent way. I don't think the court is going to criticise you too harshly for not seeing this coming and for uh, taking some time to take stock and assess the situation before you start making big changes to your business. Mm. Uh, But something that would be good to be doing for all boards, I think, with a lens to what might happen afterwards, is just keeping a very good detailed paper trail Mm. of all decision-making that is happening, all of the things that the board is thinking about, keeping a record of what the plan is, and then regularly, so at least weekly, reassessing where you're at as against that plan. I think this is a period of time for you know, a good paper trail of, of really active directing of the company through this period of time. Excellent advice, I think, to directors to do, probably not just now, but often in in other difficult circumstances as well. Excellent little gem of advice there. I just wanted to return, you'd you'd talked before for organisations about really carefully managing their cash flow. Now, of course, that's on both sides. Like, companies are often dealing with other companies that are also managing their cash flow, and often one of the things for companies is to pay their debts a little bit later, which, of course, is income for another organisation. I'm just wondering what you're hearing about how those things can be balanced up for organisations in managing their cash flow in this really difficult time. It's such a good question because, I mean, we're hearing it on the news where tenants are just saying to their landlord, yeah, I'm just not paying my rent and that's what they're saying and where is a landlord going to get a new retail tenant from in this environment to replace them if they're not paying rent? It is something that is definitely happening out there in the market. 
the challenge with that is, is everyone is, as you say, they're all in it together. Everyone's cash flow is constrained and everyone's looking to, to spread what they've got as far as possible. The other thing that's interesting that came in in one of the recent reforms is the government has actually made it more difficult to collect on debts. So statutory demands, for example, which is a tool often used when someone has a creditor who's not paying them and they think that creditor might be insolvent is usually what you can do is you can issue a statutory demand if you've got a debt of say $2,000 and if that amount isn't paid within 21 days, then the company is deemed to be insolvent and can be wound up. So often that's used to put pressure on companies that are not paying their debts as and when they fall due. But as part of the government package, they've changed the period of time at which debts have to be outstanding for that process to occur to six months, from 21 days to six months, and from two grand up to 20 grand. So in terms of the ability of companies to collect on debts is difficult and there's probably limits mm. to what can be achieved, I think, realistically in the current environment. So it probably means, you know, for a lot of debts mm. that are out there um, already, you might have to, as a company, wait six months to realistically collect on that. Right. So in managing that cash flow or looking at the business overall, obviously it's not just thinking about expenses and what could be managed there, but there may be some of the revenue that you're expecting that may not be arising and there's not going to be much you can do about that. Well, I think that's right in respect of existing debts. To the extent that you have customers who are procuring services going forward, there's obviously options there in terms of putting that customer on cash on delivery or requiring payment up front before work is done. They are all things that are now being talked about a lot more than usual. Oh, there is, yeah, there is a lot of changes in all of this. So I did hear a colleague say the other day that... And I'm not sure what the upside, what the better way of this this equation is, but that she thought that a result of the COVID-19 crisis may be that there will be more insolvencies and wind-ups of companies at the end of it than there will be deaths. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Obviously, we don't want there to be more deaths either, but there will be this real hump in organisations going to the wall from it. This gives, obviously, some directors a bit of relief around that. But in your dealings with organisations, what advice are you giving to them? Like we've heard some of them around managing the cash flow, restructuring, going into that hibernation if possible. What other advice have you got for directors of organisations in managing this as best they can? Something to bear in mind about formal insolvency processes is that they're not always a liquidation and a shutting up of shop. So what can be done through a voluntary administration process is if, for example, you're a retail chain, you have four stores that are profitable, three that are not, and you've got some lease liabilities, for example, in respect of the three that are not, and some other liabilities associated with those stores that you actually want to shut down with a view to carrying on with a profitable part of your business. You can use uh, administration processes to try to help you right-size that business in a way that saves the good parts and cuts out the bad parts and allows you to continue trading at the end. So one of the things that I'm speaking to some directors about is really having a look at the processes that are available. I think a lot of directors are, particularly directors who 
haven't experienced a period of distress before, they look at those sorts of processes as being very much a last resort, something they never want to experience. But actually, if you're focused on your best interest duty and thinking about what is in the best interest of the company, then you might be asking yourself, well, actually, am I better off preserving the capital that I've got now? And rather than going into hibernation all round, actually thinking about what a formal administration process would look like and how that might be used to restructure the business in a way that is positive and puts it in a good position post-COVID-19. That's something that I think a lot more directors are thinking about and should be thinking about as they continue trading on. Mm, Again, excellent advice about maybe some of the, the more constructive and positive way of getting through it rather than thinking it will just end up in going to the wall. Mm. But I think how much insolvency activity we end up seeing will probably be a factor of how long this goes on for. Mm. So my colleagues in China, my firm has a big Chinese component Mm. to it. They are all now going back to work and businesses in China, my colleagues there tell me, are now 70% BAU again. So what is it now? It's now end of March. They're, what, six weeks ahead of us in terms Mm -hmm. of responding to this health crisis. And they're going back to work. Now, that's positive. It might be the case that there's a second wave and they all stop again and everything's dismal. But at the moment, things are looking pretty positive Mm -hmm. in terms of China's potential to recover from this, at least what I hear anecdotally. So if we are all getting back to work June, uh, July, Mm. businesses are opening again. You know, in China, in the shopping centre that my office is located in, in Shanghai, restaurants are open again. You know, and lovely normal activities are occurring again. If that's what we see here, perhaps we won't see the broad scale scope of insolvency activity that some are anticipating will happen. So you've talked us through some of the changes in relation to directors' duties uh, in relation to insolvency and also some of those changes in relation to uh, debts and calling in debts. Is there anything else in in this current update that directors should be aware of? I think the critical thing for directors out of the current updates really is to keep listening to the updates and keep reassessing the situation. As you know, many, many boards meet infrequently and this is a time, and directors receive reporting infrequently, Mm. but this is a time where actually board meetings, many, many companies will need to be occurring weekly and sometimes even more frequently than that Mm. as directors are constantly assessing the very dynamic situation. That's another thing that I think is important for directors to bear in mind if they're used to operating on a different schedule that these are extraordinary times and this is sort of you know I describe it as a bit of a wartime schedule of board activity that will be a lot more active than what they're used to. This has been an incredibly useful conversation I think for listeners around what some of those changes might be. What are the main points you want people to take away from the conversation that we've had today? I think The main points for directors are, you know, a lot of directors are feeling quite down in the current situation. So, you know, one one thing I would say to directors is you're not alone. 
everyone's in the same position, dealing with the same challenges, and no one saw this coming, nor ought they be expected to. So I would say to all directors, don't give yourself too much of a hard time and be kind to yourself in these really difficult times. The other thing I would be saying to directors really I think is a key thing is just to be constantly vigilant around what's happening in your business. Require the business to be keeping you absolutely up to date as to everything that's happening on the cash flow front, on the employee front. Be vigilant about what the government is announcing in terms of packages that are available and have a plan and constantly reassess whether it's the right thing for your company and in the best interest of your company to keep pursuing that plan. And that's the best you can do and keep a good record as we were discussing earlier of everything you're doing. Mm. And, you know, that's the best you can be doing in the current situation. Thank you so much for joining me at pretty short notice to give us this update. I imagine there might be some further updates to some of the laws in the future. So I'm hoping I might be able to call on you again to give the Take On Board community some of your pearls of wisdom about this. My pleasure. I've heard some scuttlebutt about a few more that are in the winds, but um, I'll stay mum on that for the time being. Once we're reading about them in the media, I'll, I'll be back on to you and see if we can update the community. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been fabulously useful and I'm sure people will get a lot out of our conversation today. My pleasure. That's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together. So it's great to be able to share these conversations that I'm having with these amazing group of women with you. Now, can I ask a favour? Could you share this podcast with someone you know? Perhaps you can share it with some of your board colleagues or someone else that you know that's interested in exploring all things boards and governance. With your help, we can grow the Take On Board community. Last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, you can also join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group, where there's lots of great discussions, tips, tricks and resources being shared. I would love it if you can join in the conversation there. You can find it by searching Take On Board in Facebook. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another fabulous conversation.